very good evening to you and welcome to the program Nigeria Sunset on J101.9 here in Jaws. My name is Ponsak Fanap. Beautiful Monday evening, uh, today 9th of uh, January 2023. Uh, uh, Gilbert Joseph is here. Good evening and how's it going? Good. Um, good, good. I was just, you know, releasing Ponsak's aggression on certain issues yeah. uh, that have to do with Nigeria. And I was just looking and enjoying all of, you know, the reactions. Um, he was trying to just vent out. But um, that's it. We've got to make Nigeria work. We just have to. We just have to. And but prayer today, will not I make say Nigeria a different, work. A different dimension of Ponsak's. Um, well, it's passion. It's passion for Nigeria. Good evening. Yeah, I'm so happy that uh, you say that. Uh, I'm passionate about this country. I love this country uh, because this is the only country in the world that Gilbert will make me to, uh, bec- like, self-actualization, mm-hmm. uh, for example. Uh, don't I want to be a president of this country and give my services to my country? Why of not? Of course I want Why to. not? Yeah, but under this president. And the, the unfortunate thing that about Nigeria and Nigerians is that we know that we have a problem. Do we want to have conversation on uh, uh, solving the problem? And if I say having a problem, don't look at the constitution. The constitution of our country is never a problem. Don't look at, you know, anything. Don't even look at religion. Those are not the problem. The problem of this country is that there are more people who are not critical in thinking than there are people who are critical in thinking. Part of your aggression. Yeah, that is just the, you know, our problem. Because, you know, every time, like every January, I, I spend time to read uh, think tank reports about, you know, Nigeria. And mm-hmm. if I see what they are saying about, I, I was just, Gilbert, has it ever occurred to you, why would 200 million people in a geographical location and majority of them are poor? And nobody's thinking, okay, how am I going to make this wealth go round? Because the problem of Nigeria is that you have much of the wealth in few individual hands. There's what they call public wealth. So public wealth is mostly found in the hands of private individuals. And those poor people, you know, uh, I'm compassionate towards people who are poor. But trust me, if you give them any leadership, it's just opportunity they are waiting for. Poverty, there's, I'll, I'll always tell my friends and anybody cares to listen, there's absolutely no virtue in poverty. There's no virtue in poverty. Because I'm a Christian and I believe that God has created this world with abundance for everybody to enjoy. And this is the only planet in God's world that is habitable for human life. You can't tell me that uh, uh, God will create uh, um, what, uh, more somewhere and then less. No. Is a just God. But it's how we use, you know, the tools that he has given us to uh, live life to enjoy. I'm talking about healthcare. We have terrible healthcare in our country. It's a crisis that we have. Education, we have a big crisis. Infrastructure, big crisis. But the question is, how are we going to solve it? It's election year. You find people, you know, making arguments in the line of their sentiments. Instead of... It's already started. Well, it's what is on it? already. Yeah. So how about the truth? How about the facts? You know, how about uh, giving someone who is well tested? I'm not, it's not a campaign to anybody, but uh, in Nigeria right now, everybody has, the, all the presidential, 18 of them, they all have uh, one bad record or the other. As human beings, we're fallible. Nobody's infallible. Well, you, you, you spoke about um, not, you know, Nigerians not wanting to have um, the sort of conversation that could lead us to a solution. And then I remember towards the end of 2022, I was at a global meeting um, online somewhere, and part of the issues that were discussed um, dealt with this same, you know, matter of interest you have raised. And one of the speakers said, for you to have conversations, there must be something that attracts you. And for you to have crucial conversations, there must be something that is hugely at stake for the both parties. Of course, yeah. Do we agree we have something at stake? We do. So I, I, for one, I agree. Why, why are we dodging the ball? Why are we dodging the confluence where we need to come to sit down and look at the issues as we should? 
But sir, you may not have known or noticed, um, you know, the way I reacted to your reaction to some of the issues you are having with the guys at the newsroom. Mm. But I was amazed. I haven't seen you like this before. No, it's something and that I'm very, very Absolutely, proud. absolutely. I, I love this country. I'm going to say to anybody that I love this country, I believe this is where God has kept me. And it's no mistake that uh, I'm a Nigerian. And nobody can suggest to me otherwise. Anybody, like, no matter your race, your, call, your race, your ethnic group, you can't tell me otherwise that I'm a less of a human being as a Nigeria. But it pains my heart. It breaks me down any time that I think that we are 200 million people in this country, but yet we're not innovative. Look at other societies. They are talking about EVs, electronic vehicles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They are talking about uh, individuals are flying civilians into space. It's the age of revolution. They are already uh, taking control of our communication, how we control it with one another. They are talking about transportation. How can we transport? But here in our country, we have not even solved electricity. People are talking about nuclear reactors. So it's, you know, it, it shows that there's something wrong with our thinking. Fundamentally. Yeah. Fundamentally. And our, and I, see, God is not impartial because he has given everybody 24 hours. There's no human being that has more than 24 hours to his day or time. We all have, and we breathe the same oxygen, take out the same CO2. But when you plan on the properly, quality. Yeah, when you plan properly, you make hours out of your minutes. That is what I'm saying. Do we do that? That we is don't. what I'm saying. So it's, it's, it's quite pathetic, but I think it will get to a point with the history that we've seen in humanity that emperors would rise and emperors would fall. At some point, at some point, when the chips are down, Right, the guys holding us by the jugular would just go down. That's what I believe. All right, I believe at some point we would get there. Until then, it's maybe. inevitable. Not maybe not in my lifetime. Maybe not in your lifetime. Well, you have got I, to be optimistic because I do believe in the pessimist. next decade. Yeah, in man. the next decade, things will certainly not be as they are now. Inshallah. Well, uh, the factional chairman of the APC and Battle Arun uh, has approached the court because uh, he feels that look, uh, the issues. Uh, uh, the terms of agreements before the uh, earlier, you know, so agreement, so to say, hasn't been honored, you know, by the uh, Rufus Baturi faction. And he's saying that, look, uh, you've got to uh, consider, and he's, what he's seeking basically is justice. Uh, because Gilbert, out of the 13 people that contested to serve as, to become APC chairman, according to him, he's the only one who purchased the form. And he showed me the receipt. He purchased it in, and you know that uh, I think some some of some of the escorts, aggrieved escorts, came here, and they said they were not even allowed opportunity to even purchase the form in Plato State. That's anti-democratic, and coming from a governor who was persistently, we were having a conversation with a few individuals. Was it Friday or Thursday? And it was part of the issues we raised to them. Are they concerned about some of the things the governor is saying? Or they are confident he would keep to his own side of the bargain and deliver, you know, free and fair, or even free, fair, and credible elections later in February and beyond? So these are some of the issues. When people speak and then you find that their antecedents contravene exactly whatever they're saying or whatever they're saying to the people, then it means there is a cause for alarm. And this is what's happening with the APC. And gladly enough, from some of the reports I've been able to see myself, he's saying he's given um, the Rufus Bature uh, faction of the leadership uh, two weeks ultimatum to vacate the leadership office. Mm. And, well... would see, would certainly see of before the elections what the courts will say, yeah. because it's a matter of urgent importance. If I may use that legislative language, and yeah, then well, convey for this. me, I really, but, I, I, I would expect the APC to, if they want to, you know, because right now the Honorable uh, Ishaya say is, I mean, I spoke, he's going to be the inside by the way for today, and he said that he's, he told me that he's ready to pursue this case to a logical conclusion, uh, because he feels that it was his mandate. Uh, that uh, Rufus Bature is enjoying right now as chairman of the uh, APC. So uh, it's it's really dicey for the And how do party, they intend to get to the elections uh, uh, with uh, such a divided yeah, because house. he's contesting even the legality of the escorts. So what if he joins... Well, not of uh, what ifs, but we have great guests that will help us to understand uh, some of this issue. Let's play the inside from Bishai. Uh, he gave me an exclusive interview today. Stay here.
I actually reopened my case based on the terms of agreement we reached with the other faction of Honorable Rufus Vaturi. At the end of the day, they didn't honor the agreement, so we have no option than to go back to court and challenge the fact that being the only person who obtained the nomination for, I feel like um, it's my Monday husband that was told by Rufus Vaturi faction. So we went to work to claim our mandate. Terms of agreement was that the national officer of the APC will be given to my faction, and also the zonal zonal officer of the party will also be given to the faction, and we have six special advisors and licensing officers, and then the legal officer of the lawyer will be paid. So all of this, no single one was pigmented. Being the governor, being the leader of the party, I'm recognizing she as my leader of the party, and still the leader of the party, being the director general and the chairman of the Northern Governor Forum, I expected at this point in time the governor should intervene. We are not challenging the APC, we are not challenging the election of the Rufus, but I feel that being somebody that put in nom nomination forms, I, among the 13 of us, I'm the only person that put nomination form. So I feel that it's my mandate. So I would have issues that I'm not challenging any person in the ABC. But the truth of the matter is that we know there's a litigation. So in litigation, nobody can tell the outcome of litigation, but it's definitely going to affect one or two things. Uh, then also somebody that acted, uh, um, contributed a lot in the party, being someone that I uh, no, I'm the only person among the aspirants, and also the one of the chairman of local government confessed to me, um, thing I'm the only person, even the gubernatorial person, the gubernatorial uh, candidate, did not. I think it was only twenty twenty thousand given during elections, but somebody gave them almost about eight point five million spent to this party as part of the contribution to add value to this party. I feel like um, I'm contributing a lot in this party. I feel like I can do more. So for that, being a big chairman, give you opportunity to serve as a party chairman, I think the party will win election, 100%. All right, uh, Grady is still here. The program is Nigeria at Sunset. My name is Ponsak Fanap. And my name is Gilbert Joseph. Well, we have two guests. We have uh, someone that uh, is a mentor to me personally and, you know, to lots of other great uh, Plateau sons and daughters. We call him Uncle C. That is uh, Mr. George Chuang Pajok. Good evening and thank you very much for coming. Happy and New Year. And Gilbert. Good evening. Happy New uh, Year to you, sir. Thank you. Good evening. And we have Prince Valentine Adese. Usual, usual. Uh, you can find all of his works at Reality News, uh, realitynewspapers.com.ng. Uh, and you can, if you go to that website, you find his online radio service there as well, just for you to listen free of charge. So see how passionate he is about giving the masses great information so that they'll be able to make their choice. Good evening and thank you for coming, sir. Good evening, sir, and thank you for having me, both of you. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know where to start. Let's start. Uh, let me start with uh, Mr. Pajok. I mean, the insert you read, uh, you heard what, sorry, you heard what Honorable uh, Ishaya uh, said. Uh, this kind of, I mean, you are not new to understand the dynamics of plant, uh, the uh, party politics, especially when it's approaching elections. Uh, I, was it in 2013, 2014, uh, Harun Adabin, you know, fell in uh, from grace, you know, with the governor, and we saw what that led. And right now it's like the APC is trying to turn that dangerous and slippery path. Talk to us about some of the consequences, because it's it saying, look, I'm hurt. I have bought the form. I have the receipt, uh, but they don't want to even give me my mandate. Yeah, uh, well, uh, like you rightly mentioned, these are interesting times. Uh, we are uh, almost at that the peak of uh, the electioneering season as far as Nigeria is concerned. And everybody wants the level of relevance and influence that they perhaps think they deserve within the system. So... Um, I think uh, I'm having a bit of a, a confusion, let me put it that way. Mm. Because uh, sometimes you can 
go through a gentleman agreement, more like an out-of-court settlement to try to uh, keep a house together. Yeah, but he said they didn't honor the terms of the agreement when uh, the approach. That is Rufus. Yeah, Victoria. I, 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 I am. What I'm trying to yeah. say is that uh, if if you 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 need to know that the people you're entering that kind of agreement with are perhaps people you can trust to for you to feel comfortable with the the agreement that you entered. But uh, if at all the legal system uh, still has room in terms of uh, time frames for entering one case or the other, why not? I think they can go ahead and explore uh, that opportunity to seek redress because definitely uh, based on what we heard when uh, that uh, uh, election took place was that Certain people were denied even the opportunity to purchase forms to contest for various positions. And that, like uh, Gilbert mentioned from the beginning, is undemocratic. We know it's undemocratic. It's supposed to be uh, a field that is free for each and every one of us to participate so long as you are a member of that party. So um, uh, I think what happened in this case... uh, whether it will affect the fortunes of the party leading into the elections, which is very close now, is something yeah. I'm not too sure uh, about. But uh, I think whatever avenues are there for individuals to seek redress should be exploited because, for me, that is how we strengthen our institutions and our democratic processes. We should uh, somehow be able to draw the line between when people say it's not good to take each other to court and when those legal steps will help to define and sharpen our system and give us uh, the kind of benefits that we truly deserve as a society, as a country. So um, if the opportunity is there to reopen the case Mm. uh, in their case, why not? I think they should go ahead and do that. Okay, Uh, Prince Valentine. Uh, I mean, you shared the story with me over the weekend, so uh, what do you think about it? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thanks for having me here again, and uh, I want to say this is a good evening. Um, you see, if you if you want to be sincere, in every dealings you go into, try to be sincere. Let that be your character, so that it reflects. We're talking about a case that happened, and they have a lot of intrigues. In the insert you just played, he didn't bring out the intrigues. You recall that APC is already having a, when I call it, it has turned to a boiling pot. That's it, on the plateau? Yes, on the plateau. Oh, on the plateau, okay. Yes. You see the group of Johnson Poda, yeah, where po- Johnson Poda is Sarp, the spokesman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is okay, the, the aspirant. aspirant yes, governorship the governorship aspirant. aspirant. Yeah. You know, they've approached the, the Court of Appeal over the judgment of the lower court, and they say that court has erred in law. They are looking into that one. Now, there is this issue of the candidates who also allegedly voted. That one, the ruling is coming on the 13th. The delegates? Yes, it's coming on the 13th. We'll be looking how that one also will play out. You can see, that's one single party. Now, the thing has fell into the, the, the big the, the big masquerade of the party, which is the chairman. Mm. And uh, ISTI might not be also clear. Yeah, and telling the plateau people exactly what happened. He too, those other aspirants are calling him names. They yeah, because, feel yeah, he because, deceived them. Yeah, he told me that they yes. thought that uh, the terms of agreement were maintained because he has he had some of the terms of agreement. Yes. A national officer in the in the APC, and he said that position was given to Barrister Fessus Velno Fontel. Yeah. He said uh, liaison officers in the 17 local government, and he said uh, some um, uh, escorts in the state executive of the APC, but he said none of that. And he he explained, he told me today that look, Once I calm, uh, down. The, okay. calm down, that's what he told you. Yeah, he had the matter with other aggrieved <laughs> members of the party who allegedly claimed to be also aspirants. And uh, the matter was slated for hearing. He went behind them to settle with his lawyer to withdraw the matter without those other members knowing exactly those other claimants. They never knew. There was drama in the court that the the matter was stood down for some hours because those other people were surprised that Isti has 
entered into an agreement to withdraw this very matter. Did he tell you that? Did he also tell you that they, those it, it other was, aspirants had to form, had to, you know, kind of get money instantly to gather and then get a lawyer, a counsel, to represent them in that matter? Did he tell you? Did he also tell you that in the course of the ruling, he was not in court, even while they were looking for him, so that he come and clarify the matter? Did he tell you? So, you see, when you, when you play these games with people who are also masters of the game, they know where it will end as a game. So what, what he's saying now is not actually telling the plateau people the exact situation. Recall that when they were even looking for him, there was a claim that he was in Abuja. Meanwhile, the lawyer, why telling the, the court? Because said, no, we just discussed yesterday. Okay. And right. that is why he gave us the mandate to withdraw the matter. Did he tell you that? See, wow. we are journalists, and it is our duty to, to bring give out the this right information, information yeah. for people to write, take the right decision. decision. The APC must sit down and organize itself. That is my take. If not, how can you be having problem with chairmanship, chairmanship. having problem with candidates? You are also having problem with aspirants. But what does this portend going into the election in February and beyond? Automatically, because whatever affects the party here in the state would have a way of rubbing off on the party at the national level. Where, what exactly do you, how do you see all this panning out? Well, um, this is my confusion. Before now, the judges, the courts, have been deciding at the end of the day, because this has three legs. It has to get to the Supreme Court. At the end of the day, the Supreme Court gives a judgment. Nobody bothers about that. At the end of the day, uh, Nigerians are now seeing this thing as if courts are now the ones installing governors and the rest. Now, if you look at the latest Electoral Act, and the, <laughs> you understand, it does not also allow these same courts to settle such issue, which is dangerous. The question will now be, there will be a lacuna at the end of the day. How do we resolve this? If it gets to the Supreme Court, how would the Supreme Court look at this matter and looking at the Electoral Act also? This is the danger we are going to face. And in many other cases, most of the provisions of the, elect the current Electoral Act has, you know, it, it runs against the former tradition that we know of politicking, election, and results. So I bet we will experience it. Like good lawyers will always say, it's good to test certain laws. When the time comes, we'll see how these lawyers will test it, and then we'll know the way forward. But for now, each of these political parties that have problems with their candidates or where there's contestation between them, then Nigerians are just nowhere. Now, look at some of them are now flying, trying to flag campaign. Even in the present, even knowing fully well that there are cases challenging their candidature. But they are going on. Okay. But in, knowing fully well that the case is in court, one will have said you just maintain a restraint and maintain the status quo. But that's not it. Away from there, Mr. Pajok, yeah. let's... Look, take a look at this issue at the national level. Before all of the primary elections for the major political, for all the political parties, I must say, the southern governors sat and said presidency must return to the south. And if there is one evangelist of that school of thought, it has to be Governor Oluwaretimi Akeredolu of Ondo State. We did see how in the PDP, certain southern governors, right, played against the interest of the south. And we're here again, listening to him. Still, we echo his position, his stand, despite the positions that all of them took collectively as the southern governors. And then we see that governor, you know, Okowa of Delta State, is now even the running mate to the PDP presidential candidate. But he still insists. As I said yesterday, he echoed his thoughts. Mm. Is there a way um, they are actually playing a bad politics? Should we say the South in itself is a divided house, or they are playing against their own interests? Well, I think uh, one major reality that we must, we must accept for political parties anywhere around the world is that the principal motive of political parties is to gain power. That's the principal motive. Whatever happens in between, 
uh-huh. can, can can be seen as a means towards an end getting that power that the political party wants so those decisions that were taken that power needs to rotate and get to the south where uh, decisions that were uh, to a large extent a lot of people are in the interest of fairness equity and justice because we have had these uh, seasons of rotating from one section of the country to the other but i think the pdp in particular had were faced with the reality of looking at the power dynamics or the equation in terms of voting strengths across the country to give them a guide as to where they think with the next election being where their the strength opposition. where their strength might lie being in the opposition and i think there were those who felt that perhaps it would be in their interest in terms of gaining power to still uh, probably maintain a northern candidature now you see they left it open but at the end of the day the northern candidate wins wind uh, won the election if you look at the structural arrangement within this country you you know that there is a heavy imbalance in favor of the north and uh, almost there are lots of issues that uh, when you take them to the polls to decide on the strength based on the structural arrangement that we have you know that the north has an undue advantage against all the other regions of the country so um these politicians are equally realistic enough about their own either group or, uh, or or individual interests so yes at a point in time they took a collective decision as southern governors to say that power must rotate to the south but the reality that in terms of the outcome of the primaries in the pdp in particular produced a northern candidate and you don't expect politicians to turn crusaders overnight and begin to say we will not uh, accept this process because uh, we said they after all they are not a complete representation of the pdp or nigerians per se so uh, you say in democracy they say minorities will always have their say but the majority will have, have its way. way so i think uh, to a large extent that is what happened judging from the imperfect or, or balance uh, in terms of the power dynamics as far as nigeria is concerned so some of them naturally would redefine their interest in relation to where the pendulum has swung that is why you find an okoa is ready uh, even the meeting that took that decision i think if i remember correctly was was in asaba he yes. hosted that meeting yes. to say power must shift to the south power didn't shift now he's a vice presidential candidate for a northern candidate so i think there is a whole lot of reality that we need to look at including uh, personal interest of uh, individuals who make up the major political players as far as the country is concerned and of course uh, if our democratic system is, is despite its, its imperfection was unable to respect that principle of fairness equity and justice in terms of rotating power you expect politicians to realign themselves and uh, take a cue from uh, what we have all right prince valentine let's look at the structure of his words power must return to the south does that sound political does that sound anything close to diploma diplomatic um what what do i call this now diplomacy in itself are you impressed is that the best way to play politics or you're thinking he should okay find a way of persuading other people from across other regions to support the interests of the north in order to get to you know um whatever it is that the south can call an end my brother um here i think i'm going to play a little bit of nigerianism <laughs> <laughs> you see in, in nigeria everything is secret but unfortunately for those secret holders or keepers nigeria is now being opened and the citizens are beginning to understand how they have been deceived for a very long time you know call the amalgamation as I speak to you now, who signed them? Where are the documents? We don't know. What led to this amalgamation? You and I don't know. But if you go into recent histories that are coming out, you will understand the power play. We also saw, if you go to, through all the people who have presided over Nigeria for a long time, you will see the secret behind those people coming up 
if you go deep into knowing how Job Gawon was removed and the reasons why it was removed, you also know that it's not a Nigerian interest. It has an interest underneath, which some of them are not willing to expose. I recall some 15 years ago, when I wanted to interview General Yakubu Gawon, he told me that he's not going to tell me anything, that he's writing a book, the book, whether make or mar this country. So you can understand. Everybody's still keeping secrets. So in this very game of the PDP, you recall that this, the statement of Akaro Dulu is an affirmative statement for the people of the South. He's not saying it because he's a governor. Recall, he's also a governor under the APC, where they are even playing their own game and saying this, this, that. Then, look at the APC itself. It respected something people never thought it would respect, which is the gentleman zoning formula, which is not Which is not its original idea. Yeah, but you can see, they zoned it. Why is it the same party that has stood in opposition and brought other people under its fold? It's not taking that thing serious. But drop it the way it is. He is a governor. He has one vote. The people of the South have several votes, and they have several interests. There are about 18 political parties that are contesting this election. Looking at Okowa, looking at the PDP, one will now say you are bending yourself into one direction. But you see, despite what is going on in the national level, the PDP in Plateau State is getting strength. Today, the governorship candidate came to visit the, the Nigerian Union of Journalists, the NUJ. That yes, and there he exposed something I need to tell you guys. Okay. That they have discovered that um, Plateau State is now already having over 200 billion you know, in debt and above. I hope you understand. That's a big, big one. And he said, if it comes to office, we'll look into it, but you know the but, it's political. So I want you to see that what is happening at the national level has nothing to do with what or the perception of the people here, you know, in the state. So somehow, somehow, it's like uh, politicians always tell you that politics is local. I think we should be looking at the local politics now mm. yeah. than what is happening yeah. at, the at the national, national level. Yeah. Because we see that there's a different flow of ideas. Okay. <clears throat> Let me come to uh, Mr. Pajok. Talk to us about what is your impression of uh, PVC collection. A lot of people have been complaining, you know, about that. And someone was trying to bring out a conspiracy theory that INEC uh, is trying to enfranchise people systematically. But I just had to disabuse his mind that no, uh, INEC will never do that because it's not the PVC is not the it's not the property, so to say, of INEC, but it's that of Nigerians and is given free of chance so that Nigerians can go and vote. Okay. But what is your uh, perception of the uh, collection process? People well, I like uh, it, it is not going any different from what we have experienced over the years. Uh, Nigerians will always go out to register, to vote, and uh, when it comes to collecting voters' cards, the people want to wait until the very last minute before they start rushing. Mm. But I think uh, it, it needs to go beyond just uh, INEC announcing dates for collection of PVCs. Because if you remember very well, even the registration processes, uh, process, a lot of individuals, political parties, and interests came together to mobilize Nigerians to go out and vote uh, and, and register. Mm -hmm. I expect that a similar approach should be what should be in place to enable Nigerians collect those PVCs. Because, uh, you, you see, a, a lot of us have uh, not been able to make the connection between the leaders that get into office and what happens to our daily lives. A lot of people still think that government is far up there and we are here. Mm. They don't recognize the dynamics, the immediate linkage between the quality of governance and then the quality of life that we have as Nigerians. A lot of people remain nonchalant with regards to that. So somebody had to pay, remove resources, deploy strategies that will bring people together to make them go out and register. Those same individuals and groups should equally do Nigerians the favor to mobilize them as effectively as they did during the registration processes so that Nigerians will go out to collect these PVCs. Otherwise, we will have uh, a lot of people... Uh, 
just staying back at home and then waiting for somebody to still come and drag them uh, either to go and collect PVCs or to ask them to go and vote and at the end of the day they don't have uh, those PVCs. So I think political parties in particular, since they are the major beneficiaries of these uh, votes that will be cast, should invest resources also both candidates and the parties as a whole yeah, because I, I wanted to ask about candidates. in making sure that citizens collect these pvcs and then uh, are able to vote for them because we cannot afford to have situations continuously where there is a lot of voter apathy as far as nigeria is concerned mm. and you see the lesser in numbers that we have in votes, I think from my own little uh, analysis, it, it gives more room for the manipulation of those results at the end of the day. But if majority of the people who registered to vote still go out to cast their votes, uh, it, 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 it gives less room for, for those uh, manipulations to take place. Even though with the next election and the experiences of using the beavers and the rest of that, we are highly optimistic that uh, whatever Nigerians decide, the numbers that go out to vote, hopefully uh, maybe those results will be reflected uh, exactly like that. But uh, I, I think that we, we, we need to uh, take up the same or similar approach that was done in registering these Nigerians to equally uh, get them to collect those PVCs. Because I, I think the numbers are staggering. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, uh, for particularly the youth constituency that has been celebrated as uh, having this massive awakening of consciousness politically, if that consciousness was only motivated by someone, not and uh, something that came from within. And then I think uh, we are still yet to smile as Nigerians to be able to take back our country and be able to determine uh, the outcome of leadership uh, elections and all of that. So young people uh, need to go beyond waiting for uh, carnival-like arrangements for them to participate uh, and do their civic responsibilities. They should take it uh, as a responsibility that they owe themselves and they owe this, uh, this country because... A lot of things have gone wrong. The country, I was listening to a program today and they were talking specifically about primary health care as far as Nigeria is concerned. Mm. And it, the, the, the verdict is that it has totally collapsed. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It has totally mm -hmm. collapsed. A lot of things in this country have collapsed. And if we don't realize that now is the time for uh, young people in particular to wake up and take up the responsibilities that is rightfully theirs, uh, you, you wake up and you will have nothing to solve when the time comes for them to occupy leadership yeah. positions. Let's let's talk about, you know, some chances, uh, Mr. Pajok, of governorship uh, aspirant in Plateau State. So far we have, uh, Gilbert, uh, you've been keeping tabs uh, of the numbers of governorship candidates. Well, basically... Yeah, uh, uh, we have we have up to five. five. I said the last check. Okay, okay. Uh, I said the last check, we have up to five okay. because the others have gone solo. Okay, <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about the chances, you know, uh, of okay. them winning the election, uh, Mr. Pajok. Talk to us. Uh, what's your own thought Well, I, I, I think uh, not because I have a... I have a bias towards a particular political party, but I, I from uh, interactions and uh, uh, some analysis on the ground, I think uh, you are, we're going to have largely, uh, is it a three-horse race, so yeah, to say? Labor, APC, PDP, Labor, APC, okay. and then the People's Democratic PDP, okay. Party. But uh, uh, to, to the best of my uh, little analysis, I, I, I think uh, if you ask me, me which party stands a better chance as at today with uh, the sentiments and the issues that are on ground as far as plateau people are concerned i i, I believe that the pdp has a a strong chance of uh, picking the picking the, uh, the 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 ticket and uh, uh, even the issues that we started discussing uh, this program uh, today seem to be giving uh, the other party some level of headache and uh, at the end of the day these are things that add to uh, probably dampening people's uh, morale or interest in uh, the direction that uh, uh, they might vote in relation to uh, to, to 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 the APC. Okay, uh, Prince Valentine, then we we'll open the phone lines. Okay, for me, yeah. I, I, I I really want us to get information on this very issue because um, 
I, I feel this present administration is running per second billion. <laughs> so when you are discussing A, they open the other line. <laughs> Take example, the man who is going to conduct the election is under threats. There are moves to arrest him. Who's if that? not for the courts, yeah. the, the national chairman. Yeah, but yeah, but INEC has, uh, the court has, you know. Now he goes around with security. Is that supposed to be it? We are talking about PV, we are talking about PVC. There are stories, footages of people paying to get PVC. How have these issues been handled? Why is it that there are policies that are changing from uh, national headquarters to uh, now it's going to work? Why are this information, why is the strategy changing per second, per second? The Where argument is they want to make it easier for people. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you know when you change strategy, you communicate. Where is the national orientation uh, uh, what yeah. is it? Agency. agency? What are they doing in this effect? Are they in line? Are they, are they submerged together in this reasoning so that they use whatever they have to you know, reach out to people? You, if you look at these things very deeply, you will discover that it is Nigerians that are even educating Nigerians, not the agencies that are supposed to do those things. You understand? And that is very dangerous because this uh, administration has been able to tell us that um, uh, uh, anything, most things in the social media are fake. So how now a Nigerian somewhere now see something on the social media and then want to say, okay, this is from government circle. But you also know also that the same government is recruiting both soldiers, police, and all, through the social media. So I wouldn't know which one is better now for Nigerians to know that anytime they are bringing up these strategies, uh, it, it should be relied upon. So they need to get this national orientation to wake up and clarify a lot of things. Now, let me tell you, Ponsat, for your surprise. The Nigerian had privatized, you know, this electricity, power distribution, yeah, yeah. and the rest. Will you, be, will you not be shocked to know that the federal government on its own sent a letter to JED that tariffs have increased? Are you not surprised by that? <laughs> so, today, Nigerians, instead of buying, buying a tariff, you know, paying tariff for 16 a unit for 1,000, and now buying it 13 units for 1,000. The question is, why? Then there's a secret policy again. There are places these things don't affect. Why should there be selectivism in the distribution of power? In Plateau Elect or... Oh, yes, even in Plateau. In Plateau? Quote me, yes. So you understand how have... You see, we journalists need to work harder because of the masses. The masses are the people who are actually suffering this... Uh, selective approaches to government policy. Now, the question will now be, how many percent does government have in these privatized, you know, institutions or companies? We know before now that they had 40 percent. If they had 40 percent, why would they say that company had been privatized fully? You understand? So, a lot of things are happening per second, uh, Gilbert, and I think Nigerians, journalists must rise so that uh, we give people the information they need to make the right decision. All right. The phone lines are open, 0812187777, or we call 09055-6666699. Gilbert. On Facebook, at JFM Live, and on Twitter, you can tweet at, at us at JFM Joss. Let's, open, let's uh, take the first call. Good evening. Thank you for calling. Good evening. Thank you for calling. Join the conversation. Thank you very much. I'm great comrade Dado Antiba Solomon. We're listening. Thanks. I'm calling from Anguaru Kubapotak. We're listening. Thanks for calling, sir. Your guests have spoken very, very well. Kubapotak is very, very clear that Nigeria is facing a lot of problems of religion. Our democracy has been attacked mostly by the clerics. If you see what is happening today, we have problems with, uh, with our clerics from the both major religions. We are not getting the democracy well in Nigeria because we have bad leaders in terms of religion. I'm telling you the truth. If, if religion will influence democracy, it will be positive. But almost 100% influence of religion sentiment negatively in our democracy. And that's why we are not getting everything well in Nigeria. And I want to ask the youth in Nigeria, hungry that you know about religion, Think that doesn't know about religion. No any hardship differentiate between Christian and Muslim. From all the Nigerians to vote irrespective of religions, 
Mission police, they both made the mission police speak. So why our leaders are influencing uh, uh, the democratic uh, dispensation is very negative on our interest. We see all what happened during the primaries, most especially both PDP and APC. I will be very, very specific for that. They are advancing political both his money, both and his threat and, uh, and his billions. And I think both his primaries, his tickets with his billions of naira. How are we going to do uh, 25th February, 2023? I ask Nigerians, we must vote those on cap uh, capacity and competency. We should vote those who have the country at heart. And for those who will be in charge of Nigeria, not those who will govern us in proxy. Nigeria, you must be very, very careful. Protect your PVC. Go and collect your PVC. PVC have not been taken to the war. PVC is Nigeria. Every political voter will make use to vote this government out. We want peace in Nigeria. Nigeria is the only country we have. We want those president that will come Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hello. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling. Join the conversation. Happy New Year to you guys. Same to you, same to you, sir. Thank you so very much. This is Comrade Marambu. We're listening. Thanks for calling. I think before I start, you know, something is wrong with your phone line because the output is very poor. Okay, the output, output okay. Yes. So, so try to tell your engineers to work on it. So we are not getting the follow Okay, okay. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. Let me tell you something, Ponsat. No, Nigerians, to our general election, in fact, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. Nigerians, a lot of what is because the electorate, they are finding it very difficult as to whom to believe or to as which party. Because let me tell something, it's now, I just trying to, they are using another as a way, but they are trying to maneuver what the electorate says, so that, you know, ah, no, as to what the different party. No, worry, no, yes, it's a different person. But, no, just here on the plateau, yeah, you are alone, different person, and 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 with the different person. But let me tell you something. They have the same ideology. If you look at this, not the party has a, uh, you know, an ideology. So this can be a society. You know, otherwise, they must the, 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 the ideology of the party. The ideology of the party, let me tell you something, it's not... And the policy they are making is not agenda. Let me tell you something. Yeah, well, round up your thoughts. Very good party. PDP is a very good party because they have their ability. We have seen it before. But no, coming with the coming, the imagine of what Peter Obi now was giving a lot of Nigerians from that which one not go? You know, we should go back to to a worse government competitive. Nigerians be very careful. I guess you be worried. Actually, that is my context. Have a nice good evening. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Gilbert, maybe you have a... Yeah, just a few because we're uh, pressed for time already. Something here, Maya Katman says, I condemn the act that is um, the train attack in Edo. I pray for innocent Nigerians to have a divine protection. Julius Achiga Gigama says, For me, I think the Labour Party presidential flag bearer is doing issue-based campaign and telling the good citizens of Nigeria, Nigeria to vote not based on religion. John Paul Chakop says the recent attack on the train in Edo State is quite worrisome. If care is not taken, it will affect 2023 general election. Smart Act says I sincerely um, no longer pity the masses in Nigeria because even if they are given the opportunity to change a bad thing, they will deliberately still go for the bad ones. Beatrice Yusuf Gia says this is Nigeria. Wahala no finish for this country. Every blessed day... With it, a new story, and such stories are not always palatable to the common man. Ambassador Joachim Joseph Dung says the train attack in Edo State is highly condemnable, and it does send a negative signal to the forthcoming election. Albert Akaya Dagza says our government are so nonchalant about the welfare of citizens to the extent that we have been left to our fate. Tengong Stephen says, We are used to it and it has become a thing of concern to every good meaning Nigerian and a danger to this year's election. 
God will help us, but unless we do something. Peter Agnes says, please, we the masses shouldn't be allowed to be used uh, by politicians as stocks, and we shouldn't be biased about religion. Zank Dauda says, um, okay, all right. Sankira Marco says, even in Ponsac and Gilbert, the masses should not allow ourselves to be used by politicians using religion, region, and, and party. We can't go on and on. Yeah, thank you. Well, uh, gentlemen, please go ahead and uh, respond and give your final word. Well, I appreciate the callers, and I think uh, they spoke to the issues that uh, we're handling here. But uh, I just want to drop this. Uh, For us and for people out there, can Nigeria allow its silos to be used by the OIC as a national port or hub where they will be collecting food for other African countries or other Muslim countries? This is a question that is now boiling, and then journalists are doing a very good job to try to bring out the details, knowing fully well that Nigeria is a, is a registered or is a member of the OIC, and now they want to use our silos to save food. What of the Nigerian food by itself? Thank you. All right, yeah. Well, I, I think for me, I would like to stick with the uh, issues relating to the forthcoming general election because uh, this is uh, one unique opportunity that uh, we also have to determine our fate as Nigerians. And I think uh, if we don't take the right steps in terms of bringing people on board that will help to strengthen the institutions that we have, because most of the time uh, we end up going in circles because uh, Citizens go out to vote and the leaders turn out not to be the right kind of leaders that we want. But if we collectively realize that our institutions need to be strengthened, need to become independent, I think a lot of the correction in terms of uh, even when the bad uh, leaders get into into office uh, will take place because the, those institutions will not uh, necessarily responds to the dictate of those who are in office, so uh, but will respond to what is constitutional, what is right, and what is just as far as the system, the country is concerned. So people should see every periodic election as a moment that uh, is uh, almost like a season of prayer and fasting of devotion so that uh, we make sure that uh, we uh, elect the kind of leaders that we are truly deserving as Nigerians. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. George Chuang Pajok. Thank you very much for coming. Thank, thank you, Prince you Valentine. Much. Well, Gilbert. <clears throat> yeah, I just wonder what yeah, could I'll make... tell you a story. Yeah, I, I, I met with uh, some old footballers. Interesting. In Tudungwada. Yeah. They always train at, uh, you know, in front of the federal secretariat. Yeah. They call, I think, veterans or Tudungwada All-Stars. Uh, very interesting, and they they were so gracious and welcomed me warmly. They had their end of year engagement party. Uh, I met the team manager, so salute to you, TM. <laughs> uh, I was invited by my dear friend Elkash uh, Keke, and uh, I met someone there, very very interesting person. His name is Pakola. You know, I'll tell you, I'll tell, I'll tell you great uh, more things about Pakola, uh, Gilbert. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah, um, the elections are here, but. I don't know. The Oduduwa <laughs> agitations are still or have reawakened. So I just begin to question what the interests um, that could that could uh, portend for Nigeria are exactly playing out. I just wonder. I just wonder. I thought people should feel we have a stake and this is the right time to champion our causes. But here we are still. Good evening. Vote wisely to save what's left. Thank you very much. Uh, well, the news will come your way above the hour, 6 o'clock. Thank you very much for your audience. Have a good evening. Bye now.